like people give me looks like she's not hot like hold on let me show you <laughs> i know this is a podcast but i know but i love that you're flexing your ex to me right now yeah y'all need to know Welcome back to Drinks First, the podcast in which you can meet New York City's kinda eligible. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani. Stay tuned till the end of the episode if you're interested in matching with our guest. Today we have a very exciting guest. I'm excited to have her on. We talked a little while ago, but to be honest, like I can't remember too much of the details of what we chatted about. So I'm excited to get to know you more because I we really don't know each other at all, which, you know, I love to have new people on my podcast. It's been a great way for me to like meet really awesome people. So excited to have you here. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Can you let me know how old you are, uh, where you're from, and where in New York City you're living now? Sure. So this is the first time I've ever introduced myself without my name. Um, But hello, everyone. I'm someone and I'm 24. I am originally from Miami and I live in almost the Upper West Side. I live like in Hell's Kitchen, I guess. So in Manhattan, uh, in the thick of New York. And yeah, that's me. And what do you do for work and where did you go to school? So I work in tech. I work in, I'm a marketer in tech. So I work in marketing at a big tech company and I went to the University of Florida. I feel like coming, so I'm originally from Miami, as I said, which is like very Caribbean influenced. And then I went to the University of Florida, which is like effectively in the middle of nowhere and then I came to, or actually I lived in, in the Bay Area in Oakland for about two years. And then I came to New York. So all super, super different places. Um, and I've taken good and bad things from all of them. So I'm guessing if you moved to the Bay Area after graduation, you've been in tech since you graduated. Yes, I've been with the same company since I graduated. Um, I mean, it's only been like almost three years. So it hasn't been crazy long, but I do have a lot of friends who've who've moved around quite a bit in that time too. So yeah. Well, tell me, you just said like there are things that you liked and disliked about each place. Like I would love to hear what those things are for like Miami, San Francisco and New York. So Miami is changing a lot right now. And I mean, every place that you're from, you're like, you have a different view of it than like everyone else because you grew up there. I feel like Miami is very sexy. Like it's a very sexy city, probably because of like the weather and the music and like how there's just kind of this, this little aura, like whenever you're in Miami that I have now noticed, like I have a few friends that still live there and they live either like in Wynwood in the center of everything or um, in Brickell or in South Beach. And it's definitely a lot different than like being from the suburbs where I'm from. So I feel like I have like a good grasp on the city. So I love that it's sexy. It's free. It's pretty lax. I feel like it's similar to LA in a lot of ways, just a lot more humid and less like politically progressive. So I think that I like how you can just come to Miami and like forget about your worries for a little bit and just have a good time. It's a, it's a very good time city. 
But before recently, like with COVID, a lot of tech people have been moving to Miami. It had like the largest rent increase, I think, of like all of the metro areas. And so a lot of tech people have been going to Miami recently, which has taken away like probably my biggest con of the city, which is that as an adult, like there wasn't much like major industry there. So there weren't a lot of like young professionals, I found at least. Like if you were young, you were probably like a party promoter, a personal trainer. There was some industry like uh, Carnival Cruises is headquartered there. Like a a lot of cruise places are headquartered there. But you weren't really going to find like the kind of young, ambitious crowd that you would find in San Francisco um, or in New York. So that's the scoop on Miami. Yeah, I think that's like definitely good insights because I actually lived in Miami for six months last year. Oh, no way. Yeah, I lived in Mid-Beach and I I mean, I went for, you know, I was a snowbird. I was like doing the whole few months for the winter. Yeah, I was there too. We could have done this. Uh, We could have done this when I was there. I, I just came back. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, this this was like last last year. Like I went end of oh yeah, got it. end of December, uh, middle of December of 2020, and then I left in May of 2021 okay. to come back to New York. So it was about six months there, and I totally agree. I see the shift in like <laughs> I was there for like Bitcoin Miami and like all of the tech industry that's come down a lot of creative industries have spawned in Miami so mm. it's a really cool place to be now as a young person whereas like I did have friends who lived there pre-pandemic and they just didn't have the same sort of like it just didn't have the same energy as a place like New York but I yeah. definitely think that sort of exactly what you said is coming back now but what was it like in San Francisco because I think San Francisco Miami and New York are more relatable. San Francisco is definitely more of like the outlier. Yeah, maybe. Actually, I don't know that I would have thought that before you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like when you're from somewhere, you're biased. So I thought San Francisco and New York were similar in like the types of crowds that I found myself around, mm-hmm. which was really just like young professionals and people in tech. And that's who is really easy for me to hang out with now because that's where I work. But in San Francisco, I think there's just some, there's, it's a super lax city. It's focused on like nature and um, coffee and food. Good, good, really good coffee and food. Um, But just much less of like a mixy city where like images matter. Like there's not really much of that in, in San Francisco. Like if you ever wore something besides like a Patagonia jacket, you were really stylish. So yeah, I think, I think that's probably the main difference between San Francisco and New York is that New York is just a lot flashier. It's a lot faster and it's a lot like you have to be a lot of person to be happy as a young, as a young, Mm. as a young single person in New York, I think. That is such a good insight. Yeah, for sure. You got to have a lot of things like going on for you. You have to be, or I don't want to say have to, but I found it beneficial to be both smart and attractive. Like in San Francisco, you can really just be smart, but in New York, like your looks and and how you present yourself carry a lot of weight. Whereas like in San Francisco, it's just like, what school did you go to? Where do you work? Are you in? Okay, cool. Um, Or that's what I felt in my experience at least. I mean, it's funny. I think in Miami, I felt like, 
just the way that you looked and presented yourself like carried more weight yeah um than anything else like and then LA not LA San Francisco is very much like what are you doing how smart are you where'd you go to school like that carried a lot of weight New York is like both of those (laughs) yeah no I think that I think that is 100% true it is really both um until you have like a solid community but it Mm -hmm. takes it takes time to get there and it took me some time to get there too So I would say it's both for sure in New York. Yeah. And so one question I ask everybody is where in New York do you like to go out and where do you like to eat? Oh, where do I like to eat? Um, So my office gives us food. So I eat a lot at the office. I'm sure that's not what you were asking. (laughs) Um, where, Where do I eat a lot? I eat food for sure. Now that you've asked me this, I don't know where I eat. Or do you have like any favorite restaurants or bars? Yeah, there's a lot of solid Asian food in the city. I went to Thai Villa the other day, mm-hmm. uh, which I loved because it was like Thai, but not just Pad Thai and Pad Siu. Um, it was giving the girls range. I had some duck. Facts. Yeah, so really enjoy Thai food and just like the broader Asian cuisine. So many good dumpling options in Chinatown. Um, and then in terms of like, Going out to drink, I feel like it depends what type of vibe I'm on, you know? Um, Like, if I'm trying to be a little more sophisticated, I'll do, like, a Soho Tribeca rooftop, like, Jimmy. Actually, I met uh, one of the guys that I ended up dating for a little bit there, so that's always a good vibe. Um, Or if I'm being a little grungier, someone will drag me to the East Village. Um, (laughs) I usually don't pick that spot. But someone will drag me there. And then for a more mixed crowd, always got to hit up Brooklyn for sure. Where in like the East Village and Brooklyn like are some spots that you would go to? Um, Freehold's always a good time in Brooklyn. You can never go wrong at Freehold. Like there's always a solid crowd. It's always mixed. It may not be like the night of your life, but it'll be a solid night. And then what was the other place? Oh, East Village. Mr. Purple, of course. Is Kind Regards in the East Village? It's like Lower East Side. Same with Mr. Purple. The side of Manhattan I don't like to go to. (laughs) The East Side, it's all the same. Valid, valid, valid. Okay, well, you just mentioned meeting somebody at Jimmy. So I think it's a great segue into talking a bit about your dating life. So what has it been like in New York? And I mean, I'm, I'm also curious as to what the first two years in San Francisco were like for you and how it compares. But if you were single, if you weren't, but tell me, give me a little bit of insight into your uh, dating life. Gosh, so many thoughts, so many good questions. Okay, so let's start with San Francisco. So in college, I I was in a relationship with this guy and we broke up. So he is my ex. I'm not out here calling my situationship my ex. He is formally my ex. We love that. Because, you know, the girls be doing it. The girls be doing it sometimes. I know. I'm like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. So, but it's like sometimes they're already sad. Like, we don't need to kick them all the Right, right. So I had, yeah, there was an ex in college that I, we broke up right into my senior year. Like, mid, late my senior year, we still had some relations and... I think I was just frustrated with the fact that I kept like giving so much to that and just not really taking the hint that it just wasn't going to be what I wanted it to be seriously. 
And so moving was really nice. I was literally as far as I could be in the U.S. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm going to, you know, focus on my career and, you know, make sure that I'm I'm being the best me and like not worry about dating. I was just kind of like over it. I was I was pretty hurt about like how it went. And so I kind of like I I said I was going to be celibate for from like September when I moved to like December of the end of that year. I think it was it was 2019. Mm -hmm. And then literally like two or three weeks later, I like fell in love. (laughs) That's like how it happens. You're like, I'm bowing out. I'm done. And then all of a sudden you are like wifed up. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, basically. Um, so I'm I'm bisexual and or sometimes I'll call myself pansexual, depending on who I'm talking to. Like, do I feel like explaining this? Like, yes, no. So either either term really works. Yeah, I mean, I actually had this conversation on my last episode. My guest was pansexual. And I, I think it's just like a more trans inclusive yes. term. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what you have going on as your identity or, you know, in your pants really doesn't matter to me. Anyway, so I I get to San Francisco. I'm like over this guy. Like, I don't want to talk about dating anymore. I'm like focusing on work. Um, And then I have like a, a roommate slash she's also my landlord. Like she owned the house that I live in, but I also like, she lived there too. We had separate units And we used to, um, she had a strange job schedule. Like she worked in the medical field. So she would be home at like random times. Um, And so I had actually lived at that same exact spot when I was an intern in San Francisco. And so I knew her, but like, I don't know when I came back, like something was just very, very different. And after like maybe a month of like exchanging weird looks when we were like outside, we had dinner together and we just started talking. And then maybe a month later after that, she was my girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. It was really fast and very strange. Um, Cause she's a family friend. I'm like, Oh, yeah. whoa. Okay. it was, it was messy. There are layers to this. Your landlord, your family friend. <laughs> um, layers, layers. And we haven't even gotten to the biggest one is that she's like, dramatically older than I am really okay yeah yeah what was the age gap there it was huge um she is two months younger than my mother wow okay so she is 52 okay I know (laughs) the people can't see your face (laughs) I am so intrigued so how well one how long did this relationship last and then we can like get more into the details of it yeah so it lasted formally about two years uh it it like formally ended when I ended up moving to New York from San Francisco Mm. well when you work you move back you kind of were like exchanging glances or something you know something was different at that point were you out with your sexuality were you aware that like oh you know I might be also interested in other people beyond men because you were dating a guy in college yeah I've been out for for a while my first relationship actually in high school was uh with a woman and I I thought I was like a lesbian for a really long time um until I met a guy and I was like hmm that's not true really okay so yeah was it the guy that you met in college that you dated no um so it was actually a guy I did meet a guy in college but this was like my freshman year of college 
And then he was the one who kind of changed my perspective on men. I think like, I really what I think it is, and this is why like, I don't even find it productive most of the time to label your sexuality. I think when I was in high school, I was just like, so grossed out by like most of the men that were near me or boys, I guess, that were like near me. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm not attracted to these kinds of people. <laughs> and then I met a different guy and I was like, oh, okay, this one's cool. What what changed? I don't think anything changed within me. I think it was like the type of guy he was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was a little bit older, not not as old as my uh, ex-girlfriend, but he was like four or five years older than me. And he he just, he had this initiative, he had this drive and like, I felt like he was just a serious guy, whereas all the other guys that I met, um, maybe not all of them, but the light I saw them in was just like goofy, like ew, <laughs> like why would I want? Yeah, like maybe immature, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe immature is a better word. <laughs> but I just remember like seeing men in mass and just being like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Like, that's not for me. (laughs) But then I met one guy and I was like, oh, okay, okay, you're cool. (laughs) That's interesting because I feel like for most people, it's the other way. Like when they're discovering their sexuality, it's like Mm -hmm. more heteronormative. And then they discover like, okay, maybe I'm queer, but it's interesting for for you. It was the opposite way, which is like, honestly kudos for you for having like any patience for men like (laughs) I don't know if it's still there honestly like now that I've started to to dive into that realm again my patience has dwindled dwindled yeah it's definitely gotten a little lower okay well I'm I want to go back to this story in San Francisco so how do you even catch that vibe I'm like the the age difference is so large it's a family friend it's your landlord like how did it progress to being a relationship yeah so honestly if we didn't live together I don't think we would have I don't think we would have gotten together because it just sort of felt like really weird how that kind of happened was a few days I would like see her outside she was like trimming the shrubs or whatever and I would start talking to her and we would just like start having conversations at at first it was like just a high by thing and then it was like how your, how was your day and then we talked about each other's days and then it's like oh what are you doing I was like oh I'm gonna cook dinner like do you want to have dinner and then uh she had dinner we had dinner together and then like we had dinner again and then like we watched a movie and then it was the night we watched a movie this is like maybe two three weeks into like this charade and it was so fun it was like it was like elementary school like oh my god I think I have a crush on someone and like I would come home and be like oh my god is she gonna be here but like I don't want to ask her um and I never knew because she had a weird work schedule so I never knew if she would be there or not yeah so one night we were watching a movie it was like it's the most unromantic movie ever we we're watching when the levees broke which is about like Hurricane Katrina it's like really sad <laughs> but yeah she like held my hand during the movie or no 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 Actually, I like touched her leg or something like first to like give her a signal. And then she like held my hand. And then after the movie, we were like, oh, what was that about? And then we just had a discussion about it. Man, that's healthy. (laughs) Yeah, I actually do have like pretty healthy communication skills, I would say. Yeah, so we had a conversation about it. 
And she was like, yeah, uh, this is weird. Like, I'm way older than you. I was, like, fine with it because, I mean, I'm the young one. Like, no one's going to mm-hmm. look at me like I'm weird. Um, and that's not true. My mom definitely did. But <laughs> but it's not the same. It's not to the same extent. So, so we talked about it. And I was just like, I don't care. Like, I'm a consenting adult. Like, at the time, I was 22, which is still really young. But, like, it's not 18. And I was like, I have a job. I, like, pay bills. Like, I'm an adult. She was like, okay, like, I guess that makes sense. And then we were, like, really secretive about it for maybe, like, three or four months. And then she is my cousin's best friend's sister. Got it. Yeah. So my cousin introduced me. My cousin lives in the Bay Area, too. And she was, like, my really my only family support there. And she introduced me to like all her friends. And so that's how I met her best friend. And then when I needed a place to stay, she knew that her sister had like an extra unit in her house. And so that's how I met her. And so like there are a lot of people we would have to communicate this with very carefully. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I told my cousin, she was the first person I told. And she just like fell out laughing. Like she thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. I've been known to be uh, relationally adventurous. So I don't think she was like super shocked by it. She was kind of like, really? Like, that's what you're into? <laughs> and and also, I need to, let me, every time I talk about her age, like people give me looks like she's not hot. Like, hold on, let me show you. <laughs> I know this is a podcast, but. I know, but I love that you're flexing your ex to me right now. Yeah. Y'all need to know because, like, she was not, like, like, you could definitely see her age in her face um, if you looked really closely. But she's, like, a hot person. This is a good, like, personality picture of her. It's honestly so blurry. I can't, I can't really tell at all, but I, I'm taking your word for it. Take my word for it. Like, she's, like, shredded. She has all these tattoos like she's really she's in a she's a special taste for sure. Like I don't expect most twenty four year old women to like be attracted to women thirty years their senior, but like don't imagine like your mom like right. that's not what she looked like. Right, right. So I told my cousin, and she was like, "What? Like this is strange." But she wasn't like mad about it. She was just like, right. I mean, all right, like whatever." It's- your life you can do what you want mm-hmm. um and then I told my mom maybe like like a year into our relationship because I didn't see the point of like stressing my mom out about that if like we weren't gonna be together mm-hmm. but I like really was in love with her mm-hmm. and so I told her and my mom was like not about it like she was like really really against it what did she say to you like when I told her she thought I was like joking and I was like no like I'm serious And her response, like, verbatim was, like, that's not cute. So my mom was not, was not a big fan of it. And after, like, a year of basically, like, trying to get her to, like, accept this, she was just, like, really against it, Um, which is understandable. So that's part of the reason why I broke up with her and moved to New York. Mm. There are other other reasons, but that is is a large part of it for sure. Really? Okay, so not having that acceptance from your mom was really that big of a factor. It was, but what really was the big factor is me understanding that social parts of my life were going to be difficult. 
because of it. Mm-hmm. It was understanding that like if I have a holiday party, it's no it's not going to be about like having a fun holiday party at work. It's going to be about like answering everyone's questions or like stuff like that. And to like say like whatever the heart wants what the heart wants it does but I also am a somewhat logical person in that I realize that there are like negative social implications to that Mm -hmm. and I don't know that I want to deal with it I don't know that I was ready to commit to that choice Mm -hmm. we still talk I wouldn't completely close off the idea that we'll be together in some capacity Mm -hmm. again but it probably won't be like a marriage or like a a very externally facing situation if that makes sense um like I could see myself maybe like in a poly marriage and still seeing her or yeah we could do things that aren't traditional yeah exactly like even my last episode it was about a polyamorous relationship like there are different relationship structures that work for Mm -hmm. everybody so it doesn't have to just be that one monogamous like nuclear family relationship that we're all taught to kind of want and desire. So yeah. I totally get that. I'm I'm curious, like obviously it seems like the age gap was like the biggest hurdle that you guys needed to sort of get through. And you're saying like, okay, if I went to a holiday party, like I don't want to field all the questions. Like what sort of questions did you expect to have to answer? There have been times where people have thought she's my mom. Um, and not like close people, but like like one time, like this stranger asked me to take a picture of him and I took it. And he like said to my girlfriend at the time, like, you raised a good one. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I literally wanted to like roll over and die. <laughs> And we don't even look alike. Like, we don't look alike at all. So it wasn't, maybe it's not necessarily like people asking questions about like the depth of our relationship. Like that would be weird. But just the speculation that comes with it, Mm -hmm. the speculation about like money, Mm -hmm. financial situations, the speculation about like, also not even just societal implications, but actual life implications. Like what if she dies or what if I have to take care of her when I'm like 35? Like, I don't think that life that I Mm -hmm. that I want and it sounds harsh and it is kind of harsh but it's it's a decision I've like really deeply thought through definitely and have decided that like that's not where I want to be at this particular moment did you feel like in the relationship you felt the age was an issue like when it came to you know maybe your priorities as a 22 year old or your interests or things like that were you ever like scrolling on tiktok and maybe she wouldn't understand it you know like where did you find any of those as barriers to the relationship so those things have like happened or like i use a lot like twitter is my app of choice Mm -hmm. so i'll use a lot of like twitter humor and she like won't really get it but i i don't consider those like barriers to the relationship they were like superficial connections Mm -hmm. i think on a very deep level like we lived we had very similar values and we wanted or I wouldn't even say that we wanted similar things necessarily but like she was willing to kind of go with whatever I wanted like she was willing to move with me actually Mm -hmm. and that made the conversation a lot harder I was like damn I thought you were gonna say no now I have to break up with you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
so yeah, she was willing to move with me for like whatever job I wanted. She was open to having kids, not having kids. She was open. Obviously she can't carry a child, but I would do that. She was open to living anywhere. Like she was open to literally anything I wanted in terms of life. So Mm -hmm. no, I wouldn't say it was a barrier to our actual connection. Like I still think we're like, that relationship was probably like the most emotional intimacy I've ever had. Like it just felt like she really, we really got each other Mm -hmm. and and there was no, we were always on the same wavelength. We always got each other. We got into one fight in our whole relationship and it was about chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so you were the one to break up with her and you were using New York as a device to do that. That was my original plan. Didn't work. And then I just kind of told her like everything and she got it. She was like, yeah, I understand. Like if this was my like child or the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Niece or whatever. She has a bunch of nieces and nephews. Like, I don't know that I would tell them to do the same thing. Like, that seems crazy to me. Mm. You obviously don't get it until you're the one in the relationship. But, like, I get it. And she was... She was really supportive. So back to healthy, healthy relationship dynamics. And also like, I think being in that relationship is a lot of the reason why I'm like so extra sensitized to just like bullshit Mm -hmm. because we were both so mature. It was really her. And I learned so much about like just how to be a solid, not even a solid communicator, but like a solid partner and a solid person. Yeah. Because when you're like, older like you just don't have time for the bullshit anymore yeah you were forced into like not forced but you were put into a really mature relationship situation and therefore your like emotional intelligence also had to kind of catch up to where you were at yeah I think that's exactly what it was I'm sure it's interesting because like you were so young you're straight out of college and you were put into this like very mature relationship which Sounds like it was generally a very positive experience for you. And then you moved to New York and you're single. And what was that like? And what were you kind of looking for when you when you came here? When I came here, as you probably know, I'm sure you know because you're a part of it. But there's been a proliferation of a lot of dating content just like on the internet. And I think like when I when I came here, I came here like to be not just to be free, but like, that was kind of my mantra. Like, I just wanted to exist and see what happened. Like, Mm. there was nothing in particular that I was like, really looking for. So I was very okay with just like, meeting new people and understanding their lens through which they see the world. I didn't have any like goals in mind. I didn't want to be like, in a relationship necessarily. So I was feeling pretty good about it. And then I feel like for whatever reason, maybe it was social media. Like I just felt a lot of pressure to like find a boyfriend in particular, Mm. like very soon, like all the boyfriends were just going to like die tomorrow or something. (laughs) Like, And I was just never going to have one. 
And I felt like that was a little bit unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a strange desire because I didn't feel like it was coming from me. I felt like it was coming from like the pressure of the content I was consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like meddled on that a little bit, did a little therapy, did some journaling and whatnot. Got clear with like the fact that I was pretty happy where I was. And so I think I was able to approach dating with like a pretty healthy mindset, which was just like, see what people are about, see if you're interested in that, and then move forward from then. So that was my mindset. I wouldn't say that I have had like the most eventful dating experiences here. Mm -hmm. I was on the apps for some time. So I met a few people on the apps, mostly just Hinge. Mm -hmm. And then um, I have actually met a few people out, which I was pretty happy about because for whatever reason, like, I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. And it's like sad. Like, everyone's out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why doesn't that happen more often? I met like three people that I also had a mutual interest in out. One was one was at Jimmy, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, one was in the train station coming back from a bar in Brooklyn we had both like walked together it wasn't like we like just met in the train station Mm -hmm. um and then where was the other one oh at at this like jazz club in the West Village so yeah so that's kind of been how I've met people if you want I can like dive deeper or like where do you want to go from here what do you think yeah I mean I was about to ask like in the situations that we'll start with the ones that you've met in person because you've already gone through the three of those. Like, how did those situations play out? Do you think that you were the one to kind of approach somebody because you were attracted to them? Or did you fall into a conversation? Like, how did that happen? So throughout those three, I was not the one to approach them. They all approached me, but like in a very casual way, like just starting a conversation. And then the conversation went well. And then like we got each other's numbers Mm -hmm. and then went out after that. There are some times I can think of like one specifically where I was like actively trying to approach someone, not like aggressively, but I was making it very clear that like I was interested in having a conversation with him. Um, And we did have a conversation, but like it didn't really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, like we didn't exchange numbers or anything. I could have asked. And I chose not to. We have Instagram, so maybe that's something. But, like, nothing ever came from it. Mm -hmm. So all the times that I have felt I should approach someone, it didn't turn out, like, the way that I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of the times that people have approached me, like, we've had, like, a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And and I think all of those things, like, kind of fizzled out. Um, Like, one was... One, we went on two dates, but to be completely honest, like he asked me out, but I couldn't really, and he did pay, but it was like in the daytime, like I really couldn't tell if we were on a date or not. Mm. Like he didn't say, he didn't say, I want to take you out on a date. He was like, I would like to go to, we had drinks after work and then we had some dinner. He was like, I would we went to this place called Dante. He was like, I really want to try Dante. Do you want to come with me? So it wasn't phrased as like, I want to take you out. Yeah, but Dante's like a date spot. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. 
I would say so. Like if some guy invited me to Dante and I didn't know him that well and it was just the two of us, I'd be like, this is a date. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I thought. I feel like maybe he's just like a more, not introverted, but like recluse type. Maybe not as forward. Yeah. So who paid? Did you guys split the bill or? No, he did pay. Okay. I actually, I had this conversation with a guy friend of mine who like often finds himself in this situation where he's like, I don't know if this is a date or if this is like, you know, I'm just like meeting somebody new. And from his perspective, cause he's the kind of person who's like a bit more just like chilled and always still down to meet people. Mm-hmm. Like he'll message someone he's interested, like in getting to know whether it's romantically or friendship wise, like platonically, he will be like, Hey, like, do you want to grab a drink or a coffee or something? And if he, if the person says yes, they'll go out. And <laughs> there are times he'll message me and be like, I don't know if that was a date. And I'm like, well, okay. Did you want it to be a date? Did you pay for the stuff? Like, how did you feel in that moment? And so being on the other side of it, of not sh- being sure, like if that was a date or not, at the end of the day, it's like, how did you feel in that moment? Did you feel like there could be a romantic connection there? Or did you feel like, or or any interest? Or did you feel like it was just friendly I feel like there could have been something if you like walked away from it would you want it to be a date that's an interesting question so the guy is a little bit older than I would like not as old as my you in age I know an age man I know he's like 36 or maybe 37 okay fine um yeah no nothing nothing crazy especially like when I set people up with my last relationship like nothing nothing's crazy I don't think I'm I will ever go older than that 36 37 it's like it's not crazy but he's a little bit I'm not saying he's not cool like he's he's cute for sure like objectively like I think he's cute Mm -hmm. but I feel like even though you'd ask me like do I feel like my age made a difference in my last relationship and I said said no but I don't know I feel like I feel the age a little bit more Mm. and I think like maybe it's because I have to like get to know him and like build that or get through that wall as opposed to like with my last relationship like we had so much rapport already because Mm -hmm. we lived together and we knew each other's families like we would talk about each other's families as opposed to like cultural trends or whatever big things people talk about are Mm -hmm. so I felt like I just feel the age a little bit more and it's kind of like like I don't know if I have enough in common with you I mean that that really might not be age that just might be interest yeah I think that could be true too I'm wondering if also there's a difference in feeling the age difference when you're dating a man versus dating a woman Ooh, that's interesting Well, so I feel like in the queer community, and I'm not speaking for the entire community, but Mm -hmm. I feel like age is less of like a big deal if you're queer because you know you're not going to have children like in the quote unquote natural way. So it's not like that big of a deal. I mean, and I think like relationships with larger age graphs are a lot more normal in the queer community too. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's good or bad is a whole nother episode. But like, um, I think that that could actually be a big difference because I think we had like being women in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of like commonality there. So yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is because he's a guy. That's a good point. I never thought about it. Yeah. I mean, not just, we're not like using that as like a, that's a 
good thing or a bad thing. It's just like something to note. Yeah. But that's cool that like you've been meeting people in different ways, whether it's on an app or in person. Do you feel like you've come run into any like specific difficulties when dating, whether relating to the way you look or your orientation or what sort of things do you feel like you have to kind of deal with when you're dating? I think that this is a pretty common thing with Black women. I am a Black woman. I don't think I said that. I think it's a pretty common thing with Black women who have like high earning slash career jobs uh, to feel like there just aren't enough Black men who also have that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not just a feeling, like statistically speaking, it's true um, that there are more Black women in, you know, corporate high earning spaces than there are Black men, especially at an entry level. So like in my age, there are a lot of people who can kind of come up like in their 30s um, as well. But where I am right now, like even I see it at work, I feel like there are a lot of, there are a lot more Black women than there are Black men in um, the type of role that I'm in. I'm in a marketing role. So like for engineering, there probably are more Black men. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So I would say that that's probably like the biggest issue. I feel like there's a big scarcity mindset among Black women. And to no fault of of our own, really, the supply is scarce. Like, it's not like, it's not like it's incorrect. And so I have approached dating um, interracially. I've been on a few dates with non-Black folks. They've gone interestingly. Okay. <laughs> in, in what way? So there was one in, in San Francisco, like, this was not, so I lived in San Francisco twice. Um, I lived there for like six months before I graduated college. And there was one white guy I went on a date with there. And he went to Brown and like was was a product manager and was like kind of like waspy, like very like Connecticut. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just, I felt too like big for him. Not like mm. physically, but I felt too like much for him. Like he just felt so and I like people who are more calm than me usually like I'm consider myself an extrovert so I I tend to like magnetize towards introverts but he just felt like like I was like Mm. bulldozing him and maybe it was maybe it's just like our cultural differences I feel like like there are different definitely different ways that you would normally speak that you would normally um like I'm very direct and I feel like that's not really a thing in like north northeastern or like LA cultures so I just felt like I was a lot for him and it was only one date but I was just kind of like like there's nothing here for me to like grasp to Mm. um and he seemed like a good person like I was just kind of like eh, like there's just nothing there's nothing that drew me to him right and then recently like super recently maybe two weeks ago I went on a date with another white guy but he is a like music producer, like in in hip hop. Um, and so he hangs out with a lot of black, other black people, but not in a way that he was like trying to be black. Like he didn't have like Rose or something like that right. would be crazy. So I, I felt like, you know, he would appreciate black culture, but like you're still not trying to be black. So mm. like this could work. And then with him, I just felt like, I don't think this is a a matter of his race as much as it is of like his upbringing slash his environment. But 
for him, I felt like he, people who are like into like social justice or whatever have this phrase, like do the work of Mm. like educating yourself on like different communities and like just being a little bit ahead of the curve politically. And I felt like he wasn't there. And like, I'm not saying you have to like be on the train with a copy of like the new Jim Crow, but like you, I need a little something more. Like we had mentioned, um, we were talking about my, my CEO once, uh, his name is Sundar of Google. And I don't know, some, someone had said something. I don't remember who said something, but I was like, yeah, that's, that's our CEO. And he was like, oh yeah, the Indian guy. And I was like, Mm, like why would you refer to him that way like that's just that's just a strange way to I mean he is Indian right but like first of all there are plenty of Indian tech CEOs yeah like majority yeah yeah like either white or Indian or like East Asian yeah and so it was just like just the the like cultural norms like the language the the yeah yeah so I'm not calling him racist but like I just felt like we weren't on the same page there and it was like very cringe for me like I can't bring you people saying stuff like that so like right and it's something small and honestly if you really liked him maybe it was something that like something that he can unlearn and I'm sure that he would like like sure saying like oh okay like that Indian person like in whatever just weird that that would be the the main descriptor uh for someone (laughs) which fine like whenever whenever somebody like uses race as like the main descriptor for someone you're kind of like but so I understand like the very subtle red flag there but I think like also being a woman of color like and also being a woman in New York I think there are a lot of things that sort of align there where it's like and you use this term scarcity mindset, which I think is super interesting because I think I have talked about this in the past, but like statistically there are less men who are seeking women um, at a certain high level of like ambition and work. There are just less of those men in New York than there are women statistically. And then if you start factoring things in like race and age, that number becomes smaller and smaller. So, I I mean, I'm a proponent of, like, trying to put the least amount of barriers on who you're dating uh, when you're dating. Because it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to date somebody over the age of 36. Like, okay, well, what if you meet somebody who's 37 who's, like, really amazing, right? Or, you know, you may be seeking somebody who is Black, but there there is the possibility you meet somebody who completely aligns with your values, your thinking is willing to quote unquote, like do the work and may not be black or white or whatever. Right. So I'm totally of the mindset of like, just being a bit more open-minded about how we date because there is sort of this scarcity mindset of like, these are all the things that I want. And as a high achieving woman, like I, I'm also like, I'm saying this and I'm just like thinking about all of those podcasts where like men are like, yeah, as an alpha male, like there just aren't like women who live off your state. Like that's not what I'm saying. Like I'm not like we are alpha female who have who like can't be around like beta males. Like that's not at all what I'm saying. Just saying that to be open-minded when dating and not putting restrictions on ourselves are important. But at the same time, it is very true that like specifically in New York, there are less men in a certain like caliber and things that like people want than there are women 
just purely by numbers. That being said, like when you start going into things like interracial dating, you deal with, and especially as being the woman of color in that situation, you deal with things like, you know, cultural appropriation, fetishization. Like how do you navigate all of those different things when you're dating somebody of a different race? And at what point is it your responsibility to kind of like help that person be in a relationship with you as opposed to like just feeling comfortable in your relationship with somebody and not feeling like there's so much work to do to kind of like bridge that gap. I wish I had like a solid answer for you. (laughs) I don't as it's a large question. Um, So I've never in terms of like dating. So about the the second guy, the guy that I just talked about, the, the producer, mm-hmm. you're right in that, you know, that wouldn't have, the, that comment in isolation, like, probably wouldn't have been a big deal if I really liked him, but I just didn't really like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Additionally, like, on our first date, um, I'm wearing, like, really long braids right now, and he he asked me if they were natural. He was like, is that your natural hair? And it's not an offensive question, like... I I happen to have very long natural hair, but I think like mm-hmm. that question is is triggering for me. It's loaded. Yeah, yeah, it's a loaded question because what I feel like you're asking mm-hmm. me is like, do you pass this test of like docile, like soft femininity that I, that like my woman must pass? And mm. and it's I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. Um, I'm, I don't even think he like realized what he was asking. It seemed like he was just asking like a conversation starter because they have a bunch of different colors in them. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that, it's like, I don't know, like, am I really willing to put up with that? Hmm. I think, I think I might be okay to hear some stuff like that in the like beginning phase and then know that like they've made some efforts to change things. But like, if I'm in an actual relationship with you um, and say, let's just say we live together, like my home, my relationship is supposed to be a safe space for me. And if I feel like, you know, you're still going to give me the microaggressions that I get at work, like, I don't really think that's going to work for me. Yeah, it's a fine line. I think if you also just liked someone enough, like you would be willing to put in that work to make it like... I think there's a lot of beauty in learning from uh, other cultures and other people. And I also completely understand the comfort that comes with dating somebody who is very similar to you and comes to a similar background, uh, comes from a similar background. So either way you go, like, it's it's mostly just about the person, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, if you, you, if you like somebody enough on either end of the spectrum, like, it will work. Yeah, absolutely. We are getting close to an hour, so I want to make sure that we hit on a few things before we finish. Um, What are you sort of looking for now? Do you feel like you have a type? Do you feel like you have an idea of what you want? Like, what's what's the ideal for you right now? Um, In terms of, like, what type of, like, am I looking for a relationship? Am I looking for more, like, fun or the type of person I want to be in a relationship with? I guess both. So right now, I would say that I'm open to a relationship, but I wouldn't say that I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I think I will start to like feel anxious after my 25th birthday, um, which is which is in August. Um, not that that's old, but like especially because I went to school in the South, like I have a lot of friends who are married already. Mm-hmm. I think I'll start to feel that like 
oh, like I should really like take this more seriously around my birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, I would say I'm open to a relationship, but not necessarily like seeking one very intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the type of person that I like, um, I really like open-minded people. I really like people who I find this is a strange probably thing to to go with as my second descriptor, but I really like systems people, like people who think in structures and systems. Like I, I tend to be attracted to like engineers or like lawyers or accountants, people who have to deal with a lot of like logic every day because I'm a little bit more like abstract and I tend to be like more of the visionary. Mm. And when those two come together really nicely, like it's, it can really be an amazing team. Um, And all of my like past relationships have been with like those types of people. Um, So people who can think really logically, um, people who are open-minded, people who are kind um, and generous and take life seriously enough but like not too seriously because who knows how many years we have left with climate change mm-hmm. and it's like I'm kind of joking but like I'm really kind of not like <laughs> um so so I think I think it's a matter of like having having a strong like point of view on what your life is what your values are um what's important to you but also being willing to bend in like the areas that the areas that we could like grow together in. So Mm -hmm. I need you to have a strong sense of self, um, a strong sense of purpose, but also like be open to maybe like living different places, trying different foods, um, doing different things, which New York tends to attract people who are like that anyway. Totally. With with the open to difference. I don't know about the the strong sense of purpose yet Uh, because a lot of people are lost here for sure. So I hope to find someone who, who has both. Yeah, for sure. One thing though about the age thing, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 25 and I've had I've had friends who like also hit 25 and were like, holy shit, like I should be reevaluating X, Y, and Z in my life. I literally had this conversation with m- one of my friends today at lunch, and I was just like, I'm really excited for the next five, ten years of my life. Mm-hmm specifically if we're looking at five because like like you said who knows climate change we might not be here Um, (laughs) but the next five years of my life and like will be for yours I'm just like it's like your 20s 2.0 you are still young you but you have more money more independence more knowledge and you know you can compare yourself to other people and especially in the environments that we grow up in where like if you're in the South and a lot of people are married and in their second half of their twenties, they might be having kids. Mm-hmm. Like there's no age. If you are any example of it, age is but a number. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> right. But it's true. It's like, yeah, no, no, it is true. It is. So putting you, like that external pressure on yourself where it's like, okay, I'm 25. And this isn't about you. This is just like anybody else who's listening, who's like mm-hmm. 25 or older and like, isn't in a serious relationship or whatever. It's like, you do what's best for yourself. Enjoy your life. Like we, our life expectancy, if everything goes well, like we're going to be like 80. Yeah. Who, who says we need to settle down in the first like quarter of our life? Yeah. You know? absolutely. So I just, I just personally think that there's like a lot of exciting things to happen between the ages of 25 and 30 and 
there's no reason to like put that external pressure on yourself. Like I need to be taking X, Y, and Z more seriously. But now that we're very close to time, we finish every single episode with something called shots. So it's rapid fire, this or that question. So you ready to do some shots? Let's do some shots. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Work hard or play hard? Both. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Dine out or delivery? Dine out. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Zoom or FaceTime? FaceTime. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Spicy or mild? Ooh, spicy. Coffee date or drinks date? Coffee date, actually. What is your favorite season? Fall. What would you rate yourself out of 10? Seven. What is your favorite song at the moment? Uh, Got Till It's Gone by Janet Jackson, Joni Mitchell, and Q-Tip. It's a pretty old song, but I can't stop listening to it right now. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Triangle. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. Thank you so much to our guest for talking with me today. If you're interested in matching with them, visit the link in bio on Instagram at drinks.first. Or if you don't have an Instagram, email us drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials for the latest updates, guest information, events, and other fun content. If you like this episode, please remember to rate, share, review on your podcast app. That helps us grow the most. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani. You can find me on Instagram at ariana.nathani and on TikTok at ariana.nathani. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for a new episode.